This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool correspondent, home and away, James Pearce. He's very much away at Aintree, where he always tends to be at this time of year. The good news is that it's cold and it's raining, so unlucky for you, James. However, I am joined with the tallest member of the sports desk, that's Paul Ghost. Hi, Paul. Hello, Ian. Uh, also joined, joined by, are you technically the newest member of the sports desk? I think you are, aren't One you? One of, yeah. Yes, yeah. Sean Bradbury, hello. Hello, how are you doing? And we're also joined by Kiva O'Neill, the most Irish-sounding name on the uh, podcast. Hello. I'm pretty new as well. But not as new as Sean. Sean's yeah, only Yeah, but I mean, fresh. he's been around, hasn't he? Paul Newmichael, <laughs> well, that's not very nice, is Charming. he? <laughs> I mean, like, in the, in the office, like, I've been here since December, just floating, and you've been here, you know. How long yeah. have you been here, by the way? 2010. 2010? Yeah. I mean, come on, he's been around. And you've definitely. been here since, what, 2018? Ghost of your... 2016. Hmm. Doily? 1997. <laughs> <laughs> Were you even born then? Um, yeah, I just about. Yeah, yeah, no comments on that. No, no, the, yeah, no. The <laughs> ne- no never ask Definitely a woman not born age, then. Don't do that. <laughs> but you right. just have. Yeah, I know, yes. Okay, what's your date of birth then? No, don't. <laughs> right, anyway, back onto the podcast. Uh, we know James Paul. I'll, I'll uh, speak to you first. Um, Jurgen Klopp was at a press conference yesterday uh, where he was obviously looking ahead to the game against Southampton on Friday. Said one or two things, but the, thing, the first thing that came out of it was that Virgil van Dijk's going to be fit for his latest return to St. Mary's. Yay. Yeah, um, I don't think that was any, any real surprise. Um, He'd, he'd done his ankle, didn't he, in that superb block on, on Sissoko, or not so much a block, but just that piece of defending. He hurt his ankle and he had it on ice after the game, but I think even then he was quite hopeful of being fit, wasn't he, for a game which would have been five days down the line. Now it's been confirmed that he's going to be fit and uh, great news as he goes back to his former club. Um, don't really see it being an issue for him. He might get a few boos, as probably half the team will, from, you know, they all used to play for them. Um, but he'll stand up to that, like he stands up to Eric Nelson. Uh, great to, to see that he's, he's carrying on and he's uninjured. Sure, what's been interesting, my take from the recent press conferences with Jurgen Klopp, is that he's been quite bullish. He's been quite, he's been quite calm. He doesn't look like a man who's, say, cracking under the pressure or, in fact, feeling any pressure of this uh, title race and Champions League run, to be fair, because obviously Liverpool are in the quarterfinals, but we're getting to the business end of the season now. But he seems to be revelling in it, and that's kind of comes across in what he says as well, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah, and I think that's... You would, would like to think that would pass on to the players as well, I suppose, more so than virtually anyone in the squad. He's He's been there and done that, hasn't he? He's, he's experienced uh, league, league title winning campaigns. He's experienced European runs. Um, he's got to a lot of finals, so... Um, yeah, it's, it's great to see that uh, reflected in what he says, and, and he's got every right to be, and, and you know, for us not to be Liverpool not to be under pressure. Um, you know, City obviously the defending champions, and the the pressure is on them. Um, so yeah, fair play to him. I mean, Kiba, he also spoke about Mohamed Salah and basically saying that he's not worried about the fact he's gone eight games without a goal. Are you worried about it? No, definitely not. If you look back at them games and watch Salah's input and his positive play, and a lot of the stuff sort of happens through him or trying to get the ball to him. It's not really a worry, obviously, it's a worry sometimes when he takes too many shots, but you can see that he wants to just break his duck there, doesn't he? He wants to get that goal, but he's he's got a lot of other goals, so I'm not really concerned, and I feel like we've spoke about it this week, about his, you know, the Toby Alderweireld's own goal. It felt like Salah's, so we're all just sort of, we celebrated it like it was Salah's, so I feel like he's been smiling in training this week he's looked really happy on all the pictures and little videos we've seen of him so I feel like it's just took something off him and it wouldn't surprise me if he got a hat-trick tomorrow night a hat-trick that's a big shout we'll come back to that a bit later (laughs) on Um, think about 
Uh, are we saying Salah or Salah? I've been, th- I've been thrown I'm by this. Salah, but I've been yeah, thrown by this. Salah's the Scouse pronunciation, isn't it? But how do you actually pronounce it's, it? It is Salah. It is Salah, yeah. is it? Because we mentioned this in the office before, didn't we? And then Preno just like, Dave Prentice, our, our, our supreme leader. He, uh, <laughs> what did he, he say? He, I said Salah and he went, oh, what, we just oh. called him there? And it's, it's Salah, Yeah, isn't I it? always go, what? What are you calling Christian him Salah? Christian Walsh calls him Salah. He's the only... I think, that is how you, that, I think that is how you pronounce it. Just yeah. see what the commentators yeah. say. Anyway, picking up on uh, Kiva's point is the fact that while Liverpool fans celebrated as though it was Mohamed's goal, <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of celebrated as though it was his, didn't he? <laughs> he did, <laughs> he's trying to claim yeah. it afterwards, didn't he? We, we did mention this on Monday, but yeah, it was it was a. Um... A cushioned heather, wasn't it? He's, he's got he's got that type of hair that, that cushions it, so he can't really power <laughs> the heathers in. So he was quite lucky, really, that Lloris made an absolute calamity of it. And then Alderweireld stops, starts again, stops again, and just watches it roll over the line, which is weird. Um, I think he thinks he's got his hand yeah. on it. It's like, to me, to you, to me, to I you. Like, and then sorted out, that picture of, of Lloris from, the, yes. from behind the goals is hilarious. <laughs> oh. I'd um, frame that, you know. <laughs> but he's, he's got every right to celebrate that. I mean, he, he was never claiming that it was his goal, unlike... Is, uh, is oh, I knew where Rital, this is going. Yeah. Rital had it came out 12 months ago. Anything for the dig, okay. Yeah. Love it. But, um, yeah, I mean, the way the, the way the cop responded as well, he was singing his name at the time. They didn't know how it went in. They just know it did. And they assumed it was his goal and what a way that would have been to end the drought. But it doesn't really matter, does it? Um, I think it is weighing on Salah's mind a little bit because <laughs> there's been a, quite a few chances, hasn't there, where he's gone through and... He should have squared it to Mane on, on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There was one against um, against Tottenham. There was another one. Fulham, was it? Fulham, it was. Yeah, similar sort of chance where he should have just laid them in. And then after the game, when he's talking about um, people are saying I'm having a bad season, I'm only one behind the top scorer. It's definitely uh, an issue for him. But um, all he needs to do is just carry on plugging away, and a player of his ability will score sooner or later. And it might even be the hat trick as Keeper's predicting mm. on Friday. Yeah. To be fair to he's him cast. as well, to to Salah. Um, it got announced, didn't it, that it was his goal? George George gave him it. Well, so, that's it. Most, the, most yeah, of the fans yeah. who wouldn't have seen a replay in the ground would have yeah. went home yeah. thinking he had scored the goal. It's good enough yeah. for George. It's good enough for me. <laughs> now, you're glad you mentioned that about the about the cop because I'll, I'll ask Sean. Uh, we didn't really touch on this on Monday when we did the podcast after the game, but Jurgen Klopp said one thing that he was really pleased with at the game on Sunday was Liverpool's crowd when it went to one all. As he said, in the past, presumably he's thinking of the Leicester game is the one that springs to mind mm-hmm. is where the crowd got really agitated. But he said it again on, on, on Wednesday in the press conference that you know that was one of the, the things that most pleased him was that the crowd were with the team and you did sense that you know they knew that the team needed something because they were getting outplayed by Tottenham and, and this was something that was important. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really, really good atmosphere to be honest. And I think I got that sense quite early on. There was a moment pretty soon after the first goal. Uh, I think it was did Trent absolutely hit one and it just kind of yes. went past the post. Yeah. But there was a big, big roar after that. Just kind of you know, come on, let's get behind them. And I think in terms of the second half, like like you say, when it went one all, there's there's kind of two kinds of, of nervousness in the crowd. Isn't there? Sometimes you get that one where. It, it kind of emanates from the crowd and feels like they're getting on their backs a bit and it's it's kind of moans and groans nervousness but this was much more kind of a defiant um, feeling that I, I sensed um, and then again obviously after after the, the full-time whistle there's there's almost no better way to, to win than that is it in terms of an atmosphere in terms of taking something out the ground you know a, a late win is fantastic but yeah I, I don't think after it went one all there was no there was no kind of dip it was just um, you know let's, let's try and get them over the line it's a, it's a chicken and egg thing with, with the, the atmosphere because it's, do the players need to play well to get the atmosphere going or do the players perform well? I think we may have gone, gone past, past that point now this season. There's only like six games yeah, to go, six yeah, or seven games to, to go. To, yeah. There's no point um, going to Anfield, there's no point going and being a bit pensive and worried and agitated if it's not 
a Liverpool lead. All the fans can do now is basically just perform to the best they can and almost treat it like a Champions League evening and, you know, give Anfield as, as good an atmosphere as they can and, and that will in turn help the players. Is that what you thought as well? well? It's like what you said before about Klopp, where almost the fans are growing in confidence as well with, you know, the more points we're getting and, you know, we're in this title race and we know it now, especially with that game, that's just completely confirmed it. Obviously, there's that point that's sort of like, if we all win, we're not going to win it. But I feel like the Leicester game, I remember being at that and it was like this weird tension in the crowd yeah. like I've never felt before. Even my mic said after the game, didn't it? Yeah. It was horrible. And then obviously that sort of gave way, I think, then to like, was it Bournemouth and stuff like that? Bournemouth was, that was the one where the spy on cops sent around the, the tweet the week, in the week, wasn't it? And it was just an incredible and that atmosphere. rallied. And then since then, it's just sort of seemed a lot a lot better. Like the fans are more positive. Like, you know, we might not win the Premier League, but wow, what a team we've got. Let's just enjoy it. I mean, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen the highlights from last night's game, but Manchester City did beat Cardiff 2-0. I'm sorry to tell everybody. Uh, now, Kiva, that means that Liverpool are now second. Were we expecting that result or were we a little bit surprised by how well Cardiff did and how well they defended, given the fact they will be coming up against Liverpool in a few weeks? Well, I watched the first half and then... I got as far as 20 minutes into it. And then I was like, once De Bruyne scored that, Great goal, which you know you don't know whether he means it or not. No, he didn't. He didn't mean it. Didn't admit that he didn't mean it. I love him yeah, as a player, but yeah. he didn't mean that. No. It was a cross. And you just sort of thought, I was like, a big eight 0 now, so just was like half time now. I'll leave it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cardiff just not like they're going to play other teams that will have a bit more. I think Cardiff just Neil Warnock's comments obviously didn't help, but I feel like Cardiff. We're going to go there anyway and always get beat. Like it was always going to happen. For, Even them, for them, 2 nil's a good result, though, isn't I it? I thought they actually yes. defended quite well, yeah. to be honest. Mm, yeah. But they just looked like doing like nothing, really. They didn't really frustrate City. City just looked... It scared me watching them in that first half, how good they looked. They just looked so in control of the game. And as well, watching it, I thought a little bit, like if someone just pushed them a little bit further, they might snap. Mm. Well, as, we, well, as in we, control as they we, we spoke about this on on Monday where James James Pierce mentioned it and he said that Liverpool are mar- far more battle hardened steeled for what's to come because City and City just lost one game since the turn since they played Liverpool they've lost New, one New game Castle. which was Newcastle yeah. but they've won every single other game and I know we've spoken in the past that the relatively easy draws in the FA Cup and the and the Champions League and okay the, the league they played Burton wasn't it so they, just, yeah. they drew the technically drew the game against Chelsea but they won it on penalties in the final. But so they're not ghosted. They're not quite. They may not be ready for what's coming because their hard games are coming after this week, aren't they? Well, the the Cardiff game was the first of eight games this month, and three of them against Tottenham and one of them United, and one of them is Crystal Palace away. So it's um, and one of them is going to be against either Ajax or Juventus if they get through, isn't it? In the Champions League, that is. It'll be towards the end. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's. I suppose we'll find out what what, what they made of over, over over this month, won't we? And every Liverpool fan. Across the world, we'll just hope, just be hoping for a slight slip up somewhere down the line. Um, I think that the three games against Tottenham in the eleven days is is, is going to be huge. Um, when teams play each other so quickly in succession, there's a, there's always one that tends to be a bit of a dead rubber and a bit of a stalemate. And I'm hoping it'll be the third one, which is the Premier League game. Tends to be a few grudges get built, don't they? Over mm. such a short amount yeah. of time as I well. Yeah, I'm convinced City are going to go through, and then Tottenham will beat them in that game mm. or get a point. Yeah, I, I very much agree with that, especially after Spurs' second half performance at Anfield. I think, I don't know what the view was in the pod the other day, but I think that's the best 
away performance Anfield this season, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, just based pr- primarily on that second half. The other ones were, I'd say, Everton first half, I thought did really well. Yeah. And Chelsea in the League Cup, and I know it was the first half they played really well, and I yeah. know it wasn't quite Liverpool's full team, team, but 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 they still did it. Yeah, which yes, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's the only time Liverpool have lost at Anfield this season in, mm. in all competitions. It's Chelsea won. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and Liverpool are coming up to a two-year period now of being unbeaten at home in the Premier League. Um, That's remarkable. Mm. Uh, Palace wasn't it? April twenty-third, two thousand sixteen. Now, just looking at the, all the games that took place uh, in midweek, Gorsty, Man United got beat by Wolves 2-1. And I know we wouldn't normally talk about other teams, but there's obviously this whole knock-on effect of there's a game where we'll come to a Q&A, uh, a few questions that come in a bit later on. But the United City-United game at Old Trafford, when is it April the 28th or something like yeah. that? It's, it's yeah. a Wednesday, I think, whenever it is. Now, that's going to basically... Not that I'm saying Manchester... Right, Manchester United players will always want to beat Manchester City. It's more the atmosphere amongst the crowd because we know what it's like, you know, when you're not sure whether you want the team to win or not, even if it's your team. But United will want to get into the Champions League and them losing to Wolves has obviously made it that little bit more harder, which means that maybe a bit more riding on the game against yeah, City. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's that one and, and there's Tottenham as well. They, they've been dragged back into it, haven't they? Whereas they might have been comfortable in the third thinking there's no chance of getting second. We can uh, just consolidate and play the, the uh, or rest a few for the Premier League. Um, they're back in the, the thick of the action too. So when they play City in that, that third game in, in the 11 days, they won't be in a position to rest either because, as I say, it's you've got four four teams now, haven't you, fighting for two places, the way Arsenal and even Chelsea have kind of had a bit of a revival. So it all bodes well for Liverpool. Um, they've just got to hope and pray for a slip up down the line. And I, I was looking at the United game for a, a good while and just hoping that this is the one where they do slip up and... I still think it probably will be the one if there is going to be a slip up on City's behalf. I know, know they're um, obviously they're a better team than United, aren't they? And they've had that bragging rights for a couple of years now, but still, United have had a bit of a revival, haven't they, since Solskjaer come in? That they haven't had a, a very good couple of weeks, but they'll still have players who want to make the mark. And as you say, they are still pushing for that top four. So uh, fingers crossed for that that uh, fixture and whenever it is, it's twenty. 28th or something like that, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you around, the 26th, don't you? Something might be the 24th. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll ask the question then. We'll move on to the Q&A, just a small one, uh, following on from what we did on Monday. But one of the questions, and I've already, you've already answered yours, but where do you think City are most likely to drop points? I, I really like the thinking that the guys have said about, you know, if there's two real titanic battles in the Champions League, then we do often see that type of thing. If there's, if there's a third encounter, then, you know, you'd imagine City will go through in the Champions League against Spurs, but then that league game could be... Spurs' his immediate chance to get revenge and I think the, the fact that they've been so good away from home and, and were, were really good in the second half at Anfield I think that, that's a big chance I quite fancy that Palace one as well yeah. uh, just, mm-hmm. I think, you know, um, I'm not entirely sure of the fixtures but I remember looking a few weeks ago and Palace's run up to that and I think their games beyond that are, are not that difficult um, so there is a real chance to have a good go with City there um, but you know, you can make a case for almost any game they've got over the next five or six. I made a case for Cardiff and look how that. Yeah. <laughs> you did actually, didn't you? Yeah. No, I, I, I'm I'm of the opinion probably Palace away and obviously United away. I think they're the two. I think if, if they, think if they, I think if away. I think if they get through those two, City, you know. I think while I think they're definitely still favourites to win it, 
I think if City get through them too, I think the last couple of games could just be a bit. Yeah, it could just be you know, a bit of an anticlimax. I think United have shown though. Remember Leicester went there? Or did, was it Leicester at Old Trafford to win the league? One all, they did. And United was like, "No, you're not doing it on our patch." And it was the same last season with City. They mm. they just even though United yeah. haven't been the best team ever of the past few seasons, what they were, they just turn it on. They just. It's like this weird coat of armor they've got. Well, you just sort yeah. of think I'm, you're not winning a day. Yeah. They won. They won there last season, didn't they? Yeah, three two. Into the day, they were getting beat. But they were just one, preventing two. them from winning it on that particular day. Yeah. It's a little bit different this time because a lot more on it for United. A, thing, a lot more on it for City. What United have got in the locker, even if they're not playing well, they would. They, they just to save themselves, they would. I mean, even if United lost to City, we know conspiracy. It's just that City are miles better than United. Let's be honest. Well, that question was from Nige, so thanks for that one, Nige. No, 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 He's rest of his Nige. name. No, no. Um, another question here. This is from from Wio. This is Twitter, by the way. So we never get people's real oh, names. Wio. Yeah, yeah Wio. Yeah, Wio. W I O. And he, he's basically asking, "What colour would you want for Liverpool's change kit next season?" Um, I've never, I know. I know. One? Historically, they've got history with with the, the yellow and the red, but. I never like a yellow lapel kit. What? No. Sorry, what? <laughs> I love that white and green one. That's mm. oh no, no, yeah, no, no. I'm I'm that. going with yellow. But with it, red it, could, it could be anything because you've yellow. had. Um, well, that's why we're asking. You toxic you, thunder, you like. um, bold citrus. <laughs> um, so oh, we've had some mad colours, haven't we, mm. over the past few? It's, it's currently bright purple, isn't it? I don't think it. No, it's not. It's what's it called? Deep Fu- plum fusion, or something like that. Yeah, I think it might be actually. Um. Someone's job that isn't it? Like, what are we gonna call? I'm gonna this? go with a, like a nice, a nice grey. How can you? Hang on, there's no such thing as a nice grey. Grey, by definition, is not nice. The grey with the red. Oh, what a lovely grey day it is. No one says that, do they? Well, oh. Silver then, if you. If you <laughs> silver. That's hmm. a nice grey kit, haven't we? Though you know, and some memorable ones. I'm, I'm gonna say. I'm just trying to think of something different. A cream. No, a nice cream. Oh, not cream. No. 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 What are you? Not? Not? Come on, give us some sense. Sense no, answer I now. Really like white with like a turquoise. Yeah, like that's... There you go. Yeah. There you go. We like always have a green there. Yeah. And a lovely Irish green. What, do, what does that tell us then that we've all come up with? Are we basically just harking back to our youth then? We've I all think just, so, yeah. We've all just picked yeah. one that when we were growing up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at least much. when they wore mine, they actually I will say Liverpool have had some spectacular kits over the last few seasons, and I hope they continue the trend. What's the worst one? What about All Black? That'd be cool. Oh, the, the Warrior era was just... No, they were oh, terrible. They were, like, they were like rugby union kits, weren't they? Mm. Well, what about colours? Colours, not just the kits themselves. The one that was like purple and orange and white and grey. Oh, yeah, and it was the good. one when we were that going for the good. league with the mad like tribal sort of like... That was purpley white and black that? and that. There was that weird yeah. Aztec sort of Suarez. The, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Such a famous like so many famous goals you see, and you're just like that kit. Oh, not good. Now, next question is from Wayne Jones, who hopefully that is his real name. Uh, can three former Liverpool managers do us a favour in the running? Who are the three? Oh, I know who that is. It's, it's, Rogers, it's, it's, Rogers, 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 Rafa, Rafa, and that's it. Yeah, the three. So Rafa Presumably Rafa's losing, losing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't think that's going to happen somewhere. He's not going <laughs> to deliberately lose. However, the other two, we've mentioned um, Roy Hodgson and Crystal Palace, but the other game is Leicester have to go back to uh, Man City and, of course, they've already beaten them. So the same way the Palace have this season. That's yeah. another tough game, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I forgot that was part of their running. A really tough I think, that's the penultimate, I think that's the penultimate game, I think. I think. Don't they finish at Brighton? Which could, yeah. yeah, I think they finish at Brighton City. I think Leicester's <coughs> the next to last game. Well, Leicester are well suited to play in the Continent attack, aren't they, with the pace that they've got, particularly with Vardy, who always seems to score against the, the big six as well. So maybe uh, Rodgers could do us a, a huge favour there. Um, 
Hodgson through gritted teeth. I think <laughs> that would be his favourite, wouldn't it? And um, I'm not holding out too much hope for Benitez as Newcastle at the Etihad. Sure. Um, well, I suppose, that, I think agree with Benitez Gorsi Benitez Newcastle have been there. Did they not play there? No, did, should, um, Newcastle beat them at St. James's. But no, I think Newcastle lost. They've already played them. So who's the third manager? Newcastle's it's Newcastle playing Liverpool. He's on about Benitez. Yeah. Oh. Ah, oh, we had to roll over. Yeah, on Leicester though, they, they were they were very very good at Anfield. I thought. Um, so yeah, they, they've you know, and like Ghosty says, they've got the the right kind of mix of players to to have have a little go at City. It all depends on on kind of their attitude uh, on the day. Um, what is it? Penultimate game this season. Mm, I think so, so. Yeah, I think so. That's off the top of my head. Not yeah. much riding on it for them, but but not much pressure. I wouldn't imagine because where are they in the table? Could Leicester now? be going for seventh though? Mm. Yeah, possibly, possibly. There's quite um, a lot of teams who are praying that Man City beat Brighton in the semi-final. By the way, on on, uh, yeah, on Sunday, yeah, yeah. Are Liverpool one of those teams, or does it not make any difference? Because the game's obviously tagged on the end of the season. No, it's it, the FA Cup final is after May the twelfth. Yeah, it doesn't make it? any yeah. odds, does it? I suppose we just want lots of players to get injured in that game. Yeah, which is terrible to say, but from an FA Cup perspective, I suppose yeah. Liverpool want Wolves to Wolves to go further. Yeah, and then that's right, and they have that yeah. game. So we want Wolves to beat Watford and not fussed about Brighton City. Yeah, sounds about right. What about the what do you mean what? What do you mean what? I'm not Listen, you just zoned out know, talking about the three, ma- the three managers who could do uh, Liverpool. If, yeah, if well, I think it's going to be difficult for Hodgson just because what he pulled off against them in December. And I feel like City will sort of. The only good thing is they've sort of put down like a blueprint, so to speak. You know, like we've already beat them, so we can do it again. Do you score well these from Andros Townsend? Where I feel like Rodgers is more likely because he comes in with this like new manager sort of energy and if he's been here now for a few weeks. But it's like, you know, hopefully that'll do something. And then there's just so much about effing just sort of linking together, isn't it? Obviously, like we sort of lost at a palace. And, so you're you know, you one of these people then who's, who believes in fate and destiny? No, like I did I know, enjoy I know Gary Lineker's tweet yeah. where it was just like, no, it's <laughs> football, isn't it, over fate? But like sometimes you've just got to, you know... It's coming up to thirty years, and you've got to, you've got to hold on to something, haven't you, to get us across the line? Well, that's a cheery thought. Uh, question here from friend of the podcast and and regular Beaver the Cop uh, contributor Leon oh, Prescott, yeah. who who's, who asks slightly not to do with football, but it does say if you could be any fruit, what would you be and why? This is the one stupid question we're going to allow on this Q and A. I'd like to be a peach. You like to be a what? A coconut? coconut. Yeah, a fruit. Is it? A fruit? It's, just, it's just the polar opposite to me. It's like fairy and tough. And I'm, I'm you've, you've been giving this some thought, haven't you? Chilling. First time I've question. Most fruits on trees have in it, so. Why, is, why are you saying peach? I think we Chilling. need a bit more on that. Just quite like the sounds of it. Quite like the sound of yeah. it. Okay, I'll go, I'll go pineapple. Pineapple? Yeah. Spiky. Yeah, spiky. Spiky and. It's got a cool thing on the top. See, I've not, got, like any, I've, I've got, I've not got any of that. I don't know. It's fruit, isn't it? <laughs> anyway. No, no, because I have one every day, so I'm probably turning into one anyway. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Anyway, uh, moving back to football, did anybody see Tottenham's new ground last night? Sky were quite. <clears throat> I just got the impression Sky were absolutely desperate to have actually been at that game rather than being at City Cardiff because no, they knew uh, that was going to end. Up. Um, I was watching City Cardiff and I switched off. I switched on a kickoff. I switched off a full. Oh, so you missed all the, yeah. the bump beforehand. It looks quite good, to be fair. The only problem, obviously, being it's Tottenham. I thought the opening ceremony <laughs> was a bit mad, wasn't it? There was just, like, the sound wasn't quite right. And I feel like, shouldn't they have just done something more? It was nice to see, like, all, like, there was, like, kids singing and stuff. That was kind of, like, nice. 
Stadium does look really good, but um, yeah, not really. <laughs> I, I, I like the old the sort of stadium. The enthusiasm is it, dripping off you there. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. the old sort of like that old stadium. You know, this is all new now, and it's kind of like you want to. Would you? Okay, let's let's turn this back to Liverpool then. Would you have preferred Liverpool have moved into a stadium like that on, say, Stanley Park, for no. example, or? done what they've done so far because yeah. yeah. one of the questions we have got on the Q&A which is now finished by the way um, was about uh, what's the latest on the Anfield Road development and the latest is there is no latest it, it's exactly the same for now but ultimately that'll be something that they'll look to do and probably will do eventually Ghosty would you sooner that than moving into a stadium such as Tottenham's which is state of the art which is presumably they said it's a billion pounds now that it's going to have cost which has contributed today yeah. to Tottenham recording a world record profit higher than Liverpool's because they haven't basically bought any players because they know they've got to pay for this stadium? No, I'd have hated Liverpool to have moved away from Anfield. Or Even if it was just across the same as Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham are technically yeah, still a white out lane. It doesn't matter if it's a yard to the left. It's Anfield as Anfield and but hopefully I, it will but, remain forever. But let's just say Tottenham, devil's advocate again, say Tottenham stayed in the same place, which they have done more or less. Yeah. But instead of building the ground in one go, they built it one stand at a time. It's still a completely different ground on the same place. But would it feel as though they're still there? No, to me that that'd still feel like it's Anfield because it's still that same plot and it's still the same. Like even now when you, so, you go down, but they've just basically just built it anyway. Is it? Is you it, see what I mean? You go down Ninety Six Avenue. Is it? Is that what it's called? Where it just feels different, but it's still but all of the still stands, the same yeah. place. But all of the stands at Anfield are different to what they were thirty years ago. It may yeah, as well be a completely different but ground. It's still the same place. It's still Anfield in the. But White Hart Lane is still White Hart Lane, isn't it? They've only, they've barely moved it. It's literally just moved to like about. A hundred yards, if that. Mm, I, I don't know. I'm Look off the sticking up for Tottenham. This is ridiculous. I just prefer Liverpool to you remain in Anfield. You're saying is slightly just... hypocritical. You must admit. I don't, I don't think it is. <laughs> Sean, and, and with Ghosty, I, I, I think it's been tastefully done at Anfield, and I think I, I, I take your point about you build something up enough that it will totally change over time. But to be in the exact same place, I think does have meaning and yeah. all, all your routines and your, your approach to the ground and, you know, everything you do and see around it is exactly the same. Um, having said all that though, I would quite like to go to Spurs' new ground. Cause isn't the, isn't the main stand as in their, their big home end. There's like, so like 17, 18,000 seats. Yeah, I think isn't behind it? the goal is meant to be the biggest one single tier. In, yeah. Yeah. It's certainly in, in Britain. I'm not sure yeah. whether it's in Europe because the Dortmund one is quite large. Yeah. But I'd quite like to, to witness that and see what, what kind of noise that could generate. But um, The one thing I always notice about going to these new grounds is always they're always a lot smaller than I think they're going to be. And the only one that's actually been absolutely massive was, to be fair, was AC Milan's, which was absolutely enormous. But then it turns out that I think they've got an elevated pitch, so when you actually go in, it's even higher higher than it is. I mean, are you looking forward to going to Tottenham's ground or are you just not fussed? Yeah, I do kind of like new things, so I feel like that would be nice to sort of say. It'd be good for using the uh, press thing. I've seen all the pictures of the nice. It looks all all nice, comfy. You'll be able to get to the press thing eventually. Yeah, yeah. eventually I'll get there. But it, um, it does look really nice. Good for the fans. I think, you know, it, a lot of fans, will. they look made up, didn't they? The Tottenham fans, they'll be happy. Are but, you kind of laughing at them a little bit, or are you just saying that's what Liverpool fans were like when the main stand got built? Because obviously they were waiting a long time for that to happen. It did happen, and then when it came, I think it was better than anybody actually expected. Yeah, it really was, and it still is really lovely, the main stand. And, you know, if we can get the rest of the stadium like that, that would be okay with me. But it's you don't want to sort of, like, you know, knock it down and rebuild almost, even if it is on the same patch. It just doesn't feel... It's, it's just... It's, it's the immediate sight of it, isn't it? Like, you knew when you used to watch Arsenal... That, that was Highbury mm. and as soon as they moved you, you could tell it was a different stadium just as soon as you, you glanced at the, the TV or whatever and <clears throat> to, to see Anfield 
not be on field would just be weird. If, even if you're there or you, you're watching it from home or whatever, it just wouldn't be right, I don't think. Do you like? Do you prefer then that the transformation's been gradual and organic, yeah. as it were, 100%. rather than just... Yeah. Because obviously this is a problem that Everton are going to have to overcome when they eventually move to, to Bramley Moor, isn't it? Because, mm-hmm. of course, Liverpool could have easily had this same thing if they'd have moved to... Where was it they were going to... They were talking about speak at one point. That never really got anywhere. Oh, but there was few, the, the main King, one was the King's Stanley Park one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it will be. It's going to be very, very different for the Blues, isn't it? But I think there's... For them, given how long that's dragged on, I know that it was kind of similar with, with Liverpool. How long is the decision going to be made? They'll, mm. they'll just be they'll just be made up to see a spade go on the ground and just something to actually start taking shape. That's true. Now, goes to you on something else. You've written a piece today about agents' fees, where basically Liverpool, I think we, we kind of knew, didn't we, that Liverpool spent an absolute fortune yeah. on agents' fees, but there's now going to be a bit of a change, isn't there? There is. Um, Liverpool spent the most of the Premier League teams last season. I think it was twenty six point eight million, and that figure. Just before we come into the pod, the new figures have just been released and they've actually spent nearly 44 million this time. And it tallies up because the last two summer windows they've had have been huge, haven't they? They've signed Alex Oxley Chamberlain and Mohamed Salah and then Virgil van Dijk in January, Fabinho, Shakiri, Allison, and, and Keiter. Uh, last summer was actually the biggest summer spending spree in the history at around about 170 million. So it all tallies up, but the, the worry might be for the pool is the closest to them is, is Chelsea and they've only spent 26 million. So they're shelling out a bucket load more than anyone else in the Premier League. And um, I suppose you'd have to pay these fees if you want to be competing for the, the top titles. But yeah, Liverpool comfortably um, sitting top for the last two seasons in, in that list. And uh, a report from the Telegraph today has claimed that um, FIFA are working with the Premier League to try and cut down on the on the amount that's getting paid out. So uh, agents can no longer get paid by both the selling club and the buying club. And it will be capped and hopefully bring the size of these fees that are getting paid out to intermediaries and agents and representatives uh, down significantly. Now, Sean, we know that agents have got a role to play and nearly every player has got an agent. And certainly at the lower levels where players can you know, be out of contract and struggle to find clubs, it's the job of the agents to then find them a club which can give them their livelihood, etc, etc. And so the, the, they are worthwhile and we're not going to sit here and have a go at agents. But having said all of that, <laughs> nobody paid... X amount of million pounds because of an agent. Nobody goes to a football game because of an agent. And while agents do have a role to prepare players and get certain players into clubs that can help them and help the team and therefore give them success and the fans want to see that, do they get paid a bit too much money for what they do? Yeah, I, I would say so. It is a bit, a bit of a blight on the game and it is welcome, as Gorsi's outlined, to see the possible steps that the Premier League are going to take to, to kind of stamp it out, especially at a time when, you know, there's, well, it always is, but especially now so, there's so many better causes and grassroots, um, you know, things that that money could be going uh, to be spent on. Having said that, I think uh, on the issue of Liverpool and how much has been paid, I think Gorsi's absolutely spot on. It does, the last couple of years have, have seen, well, well, records broken, haven't they, and, and huge outlay from Liverpool. Um, so those two things are always going to go hand in hand. And I, I suppose there's probably been a couple of, it is all cloak and dagger and we don't know exactly which transactions relate to how much of the fees, but there's been a couple of deals that have had to be smoothed over a little bit, shall we say, like mm. Van Dyke and Cater and probably if, if people do deserve a few extra million, maybe maybe some of those ones are the times that they do. Um, but I, I think it'll, you know, with, with these moves from the Premier League, you'd like to think that'll be a step in the right direction. And also it does seem to be a couple of like outlier years in terms of how much Liverpool have spent. Because I think if you go back three or four seasons, not that this is a a low amount by any means, but it's, it's more like 13, 14 million. Yeah. And Liverpool are like, you know, fourth 
in the pecking order, kind of maybe where you'd expect them to be in terms of uh, how much they're spending. So it's a touch more normal. But um, but yeah, let's hope these moves do a little bit about it. It it has jumped up significantly though, because when Liverpool signed Wayne Alderman and Wayne Ragnar Clavin, Joel Matup, it was 13.8. And then twelve months later, it's jumped up. Well, to, what was the what was the, the combined tally of that, those transfer fees? I mean, Manny was what 30, 30? Yeah, Wijnaldum was, was twenty five. Yeah. Matic was nothing. Although Clavin was about f- f- four, four, was he? Carius was similar. So does that correlate with the bump up in transfer fee? So is it coming straight off the transfer fee, or is it a bit more to play at? I mean, it, it, it's just basically the the more you pay for the player, the more you'll end up paying for the agents, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It is as simple as that, but it's it, it, it's it's a good uh, good step that they're taking to, to kind of lower that because, as you say, while agents are not, I wouldn't even go as far as to use the phrase necessarily evil. They're just you know people who are doing a job, performing a role. It's um, whether they should be getting paid these kind of sums when there's so many other causes, as Sean points out. Maybe uh, maybe that's something that the clubs could look at. I think that's the big point, isn't it? The whole grassroots football. Argument like some clubs would never see forty-four million pass through the books anyway, let alone through agents' fees. So it is this kind of like, you know, Premier League, what whatever sort of says goes. You know, we're paying all this money for players, so we have to pay the agents all this money. Don't necessarily think it's right, but obviously, you know, someone's doing paperwork somewhere and organising this stuff, and it does kind of feel like when you're on the outside and you don't know all what goes into that kind of getting a player to a different club. If these fees are capped, I feel like you'll see a lot, a lot of players stay in port or move into clubs. With I know you can just like Man City. Well, do you it might be the other way around? That some if the fees are capped, the agents would therefore want to move mm-hmm. the players on as often as possible, yeah, so they can get their cut. Yeah, probably that's an argument as well. So it, you know, if these caps do come in, it'll it'll change it up completely, won't it? And you know, it will change the face of transfers definitely. We'll move on to Southampton just in one second, Gorsty. I know you wanted to have a little word about Rian Brewster because he was mentioned by Jurgen Klopp. He's obviously still not played his first game for Liverpool and I think it was Phil Foden was playing for Manchester City uh, last night and obviously he and Brewster played for England under-17s yeah. when they won the World Cup. Brewster got... Did he get player of the tournament? I think he did, didn't he? he? Top scorer, Top yeah. scorer, that's yeah. it. And um, he got top scorer, Foden got player of the tournament. That's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Foden was the skipper, wasn't he? Yeah. Can't was remember he? I think he was. Even if he wasn't, he obviously got player of the tournament. Yeah. But there's two players who kind of were breaking through at round about the same time, but obviously Foden's gone on. Guardiola, Guardiola um, Brewster had the, the injury... Ian Glob said that he's more or less ready to come back. He scored the two goals in a friendly last week, yeah. I think it was. And he's interesting, he said the doors open for him and didn't actually qualify or, or say what he actually meant by that. But everybody just assumed the doors open in terms of a, a first team outing. And we've always kind of suggested that Jurgen Klopp's been insistent that he's got a lot of faith in Bruce and perhaps he may not need to, to strengthen his forward line as much as perhaps people might expect because Bruce is going to be expected to play a part next season. Definitely, yeah. Um, I think Bruce has been so unlucky, hasn't he, when you, you look at where him and Phil Foden were 18 months ago. They were in the same boats looking to, to make a step to first-team football and he's had that ankle injury that's kept him sidelined since, was it December 2017? Um, I and think he, it was the Jan- uh, Brewster was, oh, the, January, the January, was, it, yeah. was his, knee, his knee and ankle. I think yeah. it was, yeah. And he's, he's only just now getting back into first-team football and Phil Foden's kicking on, he's scoring goals in the Champions League. I think he scored six goals this season. Um, I've seen him play. Yeah, really. Yeah, I was surprised when I, I heard it last night. Um, there was some strange stats as well. That he's played more Champions League games than 
than Maradona or something. Something it was just just a really weird, you know, one of these stats that you see knocking about. Um, so it, it just shows you how how far he's kicked on and how unfortunate Brewster has that he hasn't been able to. Um, so hopefully next season with uh, Daniel Sturridge looks like he might be moving on. Dave Akarigi still up in the air, and we know Liverpool have high hopes for him, don't we? Behind the scenes, Ryan Brewster. So hopefully it'll be good to see him make his, his first team debut at some point and start to uh, to get his his professional first team career on track. I think there's another couple of examples there as well. Um, Callum Hudson, although he played for Chelsea last night, it's a Chelsea is sort of desperate for like you know a young player, and he he does look really good to come on. So they've been calling for him, and Sarri just hasn't been starting him. He got his first he had an England call up and start before he'd. Um, started for Chelsea in the Premier League so last night I think he got an assist and you know looked really good but then there's another example of obviously Solanke who was in that team with them as well and he sort of you know he did appear for Liverpool but then he's now gone you know stepped down with all respect to Bournemouth so there's no real rush with Brewster we don't want to you know sort of he doesn't want to go down that path of like a few appearances here and there you want to get him up to when he's ready and then you oh, know yeah. integrate yeah. him in a you know a good way because and and the thing with Hudson Odoi is as well with Chelsea, Liverpool don't need Brewster right now. As much as that sounds, you know, the first team we don't need him yet, but we will. So you know, I'm sure Southampton. There's a future there. Thank you. I'm sure Southampton. Away. I knew you were going to say something on Brewster, but move on to <laughs> move on to Southampton. Um, Friday night's never a brilliant time to play football. Mm. But going all the way down to Southampton on Friday, not great for the fans, to be fair. Bit of a trek. Yeah, a bit of a trek. But for, not great for you either, is it? Well, no, it's not, especially as James <laughs> wants to come straight back because he wants to go to the National on Saturday again. So he gets to go <laughs> twice and I have to come into the office on Saturday. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Southampton are actually on the slide, coming to a little bit of form, haven't they? Even when they've not been winning games, such as against Manchester United the other week, they, they took them right to the right to the end in the 3-2 in the end it was and they beat Tottenham recently at uh, I think they said the Dell then St Mary's <laughs> <laughs> St Mary's so this is going to be a tricky game against a manager that Jurgen Klopp knows very tough test um, I was speaking to Paul Wheelock about this before and he produced a stat and I think I'm right in saying that they are fifth in the form table this calendar year and I think didn't Klopp say they'd, they'd be eighth they'd in the be table eighth since, since, since the in December in. Yeah. so fair, fair play to them and like you say they've been, they've been big scalps particularly at home they beat Arsenal they beat Spurs Everton as well um, and yeah, Hassan Hootel showed himself to be tactically astute, and and, and they haven't really conceded many. I don't think they might be wrong in saying it. I don't think they've conceded more than two in a game since he's taken over. They got so a nil nil at Chelsea as well, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So both ends of the pitch, I think it it will be a real test for Liverpool. Um, and it feels like, especially with the, the we talked about them before, but the, the two routine games that City have had, if Liverpool can get get past this one. It, it, and, and obviously Chelsea as well, it then becomes the time where you can really look at City's fixtures and say, well, they've got the harder game this week. But at the minute, it's it's still it's still a big job Liverpool to be done tomorrow mm. night. Are we expecting a tough one, Ghosty? I am, and even tougher now, Sean's given them that glowing <laughs> recommendation. <laughs> uh, Let's but, not forget Liverpool have only lost one game in 32 Premier League games yeah. this season. Uh, but, but as you said, Hassan Hootel's come in and, and he's, he's done a great job, to be fair. Um, that squad should be performing a lot better than it has this season and it looks like he's going to be... Uh, been a job for a while and, and steady the ship and they'll have better things to look forward to next season but it, it's a, it's an awkward one it's a Friday night the people don't really play on a Friday night do they you don't really know what to expect um, they've just got to get in perform as well as they can and, and if they do then they've got more than enough to beat Southampton but 
Yeah, it's, it's a tricky one, this. People had any Friday night games in terms of, I know they had a few FA Cup ones a couple of years ago, and a very, very, very <laughs> long time ago. Chelsea, to be Chelsea, then they stand for Bridge. Oh, that's right, yeah. the 2 1 game, that's right. Um, yeah. Is that the last one? one? Was that Friday? coming up to Friday, yeah. yeah. Did they have a Friday one last season? I can't remember whether they did or not. Was that a West Ham game? Did they have an FA Cup on a Friday night? Actually, yeah, that's true. But they haven't had loads, have they? No, but that was like Christmas many. feeling still, wasn't it? So it didn't it feel was like Christmas week, wasn't it? Yeah. New Year yeah, week, so true. you were always playing on you, random you just days didn't then, know yeah. What, what was happening? Kiba, are you, are, you, are you a bit worried about Friday? Um, at the game I'm on about. Yeah, because I feel like Southampton and Chelsea are the next big. I feel like we can deal with everyone else. It's just sort of getting to that Chelsea game. I feel like there's going to be loads of hurdles in the way. And we've sort of, you know, we've overcome them almost. Obviously, the draws at Everton and United weren't, weren't great, but. Um, yeah, I feel like. I wish people could have just seen the look on your face then when you said that. We'll, <laughs> I, th- I feel like we'll we'll be all right because if I mean Southampton aren't technically safe yet, are they? Are they five points off. The yeah, they're not, they're not safe, but there's quite a few teams around. There but is. I feel like gonna, I feel yeah. like Cardiff after last night. Sort of, you know, I think well, they're gone possibly. But they, really, they, you're dismissing know, them just, already. I, I feel like Burnley next game. That's a big one. That's the a big, that'll be after that Burnley, game. That then we'll know, but. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not too worried. Just because it is Friday and it is travelling far, isn't it? Down, down bottom of the country and Southampton. Yeah. Bottom, really but hang on, what, 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 what accent was that? Sorry. It wasn't. That was a Northern accent. That was a Northern accent. I just went like bottom of country. I'm from Southampton. That's no, not, that's not that's their accent. I, I wasn't doing yeah. that. Southampton would love to get one over on Liverpool as well for the. They just love the bad blood that's been yeah. brewing mm. for five years. Well, it's been like that for a long time. So that's always been a any... tricky place for Liverpool, let's be honest. All right, okay, we'll, we'll get to the bit that everyone wants to listen to. That's the team selection. Because as we know, Jurgen Klopp listens to this and he picks his team accordingly <laughs> off what we say. If that's yeah. if some tweets to believe. Didn't someone tell James, yeah, tell James tell it was his fault that yeah. Henderson was starting and that really? he should consider his future or something like oh. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Questions for Pierce. I know, yeah. Well, he's not here for this one. Uh, he's at Aintree, you may have heard us say that. And by the way, it's still raining and cold, so we're all still chuckling to I ourselves. I hope his bets have come in. No, I don't. I hope they haven't, actually. You sound really yeah. bitter that James <laughs> Yeah, because ever since this internet thing started, I used to go every single year, now we can't do it because James always gets there first. Yeah, because he has preference. Anyway, um, <laughs> what are we thinking then for the team? Alison in goal? No. No. <laughs> Alison, Trent... Um, Robertson, Van Dijk, who's the other centre back still sting with Matthew? Matthew, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 be hugely unfair to, to drop him now. Now, I would like to point out the podcast last week, I said I had a feeling that Fabinho wouldn't play uh, just based on certain things, and people laughed at me, and look, I was right. Um, but I'm having him playing this week. Are we he all having him playing? 100% plays this week. Yeah. Fabinho, Wijnaldum, and then it's um, it's take your pick, isn't it? Well, we'll go we'll go to the three up front. Are we still sticking with the three up front? Not resting any of them now. As the time for resting no, any of the front no. three, that's come and gone. Rigi made a bit of a case, didn't he? But now I don't think he can at this stage. Although didn't was it the league cup? Did the Rigi have a really good? Remember, we, was it like five 0 He's or got something? a hat trick when they won six one, but yeah, that wasn't that, was, that wasn't yeah, that was uh, years that was ago. The so quite, quite, quite it back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he might have a good good feeling. So you're saying that you want a Rigi to start? No, but he'll come, <laughs> he'll come on and have a good game. I'm hoping. I, I would start him. I would be. You start. Oh, you would start him. Oh, okay. Well, I know you're, you're not going with four three three, no, are you? No. So you're saying four two three one. Four two three one. Um, the blueprint being Wolves away, when they're not exactly the same type mm. of side. But since Hassan Hüttel's come in, they've had this thing of playing. You know, um, is it Bertrand and is it Valerie on the other side? Yeah. Um, and. Don't think it's quite the same setup up front, but certainly a bit further back. It, it's quite similar. And Liverpool were comfortable in that game. They played well. I think was it was it Henderson and Fabinho um, against so that, Wolves. Yeah, Cater yeah. played that game as well. Yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the change I'd make from that Wolves starting 
you know, the, the, the way the players were up front. So they have Origi on the left, uh, Firmino kind of ahead of Firmino and, Kate and um, Henderson. And then I guess then who, who's up front? Is it Mane or Salah? But this is all obviously a bit... A who's bit on different. the right wing here? I'd probably have Mane in the middle, Salah right, Origi left, Firmino behind them. And Fabino and Henderson sitting. He's gone for it. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I'm quite convinced by that. Yeah. Because, you, you know. Get it won. Uh, my midfield is Wijnaldum, Fabinho, and I'm going to start Naby Keita. Keita, that's Ooh. interesting. Yeah. That oh, interesting. I, don't, I think I think Fabinho's starting. Um, I think he might rest Wijnaldum this time. I think Henderson plays. Does he have a rest? And that, gives, and that gives that scope for a bit of a change. I'm, I'm going to go with Keita as well. I'm saying Keita's playing as well. Because he'll have had a quite a, a bit of time to work on this this week. He didn't, he didn't, did he come on? He didn't come on, did he, against no, Tottenham? So no. he'll be... He'll, and they've gone to have to play at some point. So I think this could be a game for him. When Aldum's only missed like three Premier League games, he's definitely he in there that? for me. I think so. Well, I know he's played. I know I wrote a story this morning about the midfield and how Klopp set it up in, in big games, which unfortunately I have to say Southampton's not a big game. But for the games against the top six and all the Champions League games, when Aldum started every single one, yeah, all 17 more, of them. He's played 42 games, I think, this season, though. So do you feel as though so it might be time for him to have a rest? He's not quite been at the same level, has he? About the last last few weeks? Yeah. Mm, yeah. I just don't think he can do without him, though. Really? Yeah. That's interesting that you should yeah, say that when you think so at the start of the season. He quietly about his business mm. that you don't sometimes overlook him, and that's why he's been quietly one of my favourite players all season. Because if you just sat and watched him, you would, I think... Miss have, all the goals? Yeah, but you'd, <laughs> you'd have more of a, I think... He just sort of he, he just he just runs around everywhere and he's got that good good control on the ball and I just I just think he's he's just someone you don't not want playing. I think he was he was a model of consistency up to around Feb and probably even one of the player of the season contenders. Yeah. But I do think he's lost lost a bit of an edge, which probably is like like Gorsi says if it's if it's forty forty plus starts this season that that is a hell of a lot. Um, so yeah, I think if you're gonna carve out an opportunity to rest, then maybe it is this one because mm. you know there's, there's, there are others who are banging on the door a bit. Right, prediction time then. What do we think, Kiva? 3-0, Mo Salah. 3-0, Mo Salah, hat-trick. <laughs> you just, I mean, it's guesswork, isn't it? So. Yeah, that's the idea, is that we guess, we ask you to guess the score. I'm oh, using yeah. your considered opinion as a football journalist and uh, a long-time football reporter. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be another one where we're turning our head out and biting our nails and <laughs> Liverpool win 2-1. I'm, I'm going to go with 2-1, minus the her thing, because I've got me. <laughs> I will, I'll go 2-0, relatively more comfortable. And on that hopeful bombshell, we should finish. Join us. It's always uh, a bombshell. And, <laughs> and, uh, we join us next week where we'll look back at Liverpool against, who are they playing? I've forgotten already. Southampton, that's it. And uh, we'll look ahead. Sunday. No, it's Porto. Porto. It's Porto. Porto. We will look ahead to Porto. Cheerio. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.